Romans 18, or Romans 8, starting at verse 18, says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectations of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Not according to our will, but according to the will of God. Let's talk about suffering here. First of all, verse 18 deals with suffering. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, you know, this life that we're in now, with all the suffering, with all the despair, with all the agony, with all the misery that we all are accustomed to day by day, whether we bring it on ourselves or whether life just bring it on, agony and pain and suffering delivers the same treatment Amen. upon us. But the Bible says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You see, there's a greater day, there's a greater calling for us. All the sufferings of this present age, the sickness, the pain, the misery, the disappointment, the poverty, the mistreatment, the sorrow, the persecutions, and trouble of any kind. It must be considered insignificant when compared with the blessings and the privileges and the glory that will be given to the faithful believer in the age to come. So there's a contrast here. The pain and the suffering, the persecutions and the dismay of this present life we can either be swallowed up in it, or we can compare it to that glorious day. And when you've got something to compare it with, 
then you have a gauge for your life. And that's how we began to make true distinctions on what we need to do in life and what we do not need to do in life. What we need to allow to take us in life and what we do not need to allow to take us in life. Through the comparison, you have to have a gauge in life. Your gauge can't be alcohol or drugs or sex or pretty cars or pretty houses or pretty clothes or pretty weaves. No, that's not, that can't be your gauge now. If that's all you got, you don't have much. I'm talking to the church now. We need to get some things straight. All of us, including myself. The Bible says in verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. You see, is anybody expecting anything from God? Is anybody, did anybody wake up this morning expecting anything from God? Did you wake up expecting anything except the same misery and despair that you had the day before? Is anybody expecting a greater anointing from God? It says here that there is an earnest expectation of the creature. And it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. See, there's something inside of us. That's waiting to be manifested to. First John, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 tell us, Beloved, what manner of love have God bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? And although it does not appear what we shall be, we know that when He comes, we shall be just like Him. Like who? Like God. That's who's coming to get us. That's that earnest expectation that the creature is waiting for. To be manifested as a son of God. See, we're walking around and we don't even know who and what we are. And we're so caught up in the world. Right. And drinking and drugging and whole hopping That's right. That's right. until we don't understand that all got to go the way right. of the cross. That's right. That's right. Verse twenty said, "For the creature, See, the creature was made subject to vanity. See, God made the creature, man, subject to vanity." God did that. It wasn't willingly by us. His words say God did it. But he also subjected the same creature to a thing called hope. I see it right here. So what God did was God put something that he loved himself inside of us and wrapped it around something that he hated called flesh. That's right. And he made a wall between the spirit and the flesh. That's right. Yes, he did. After our soul. That's right. 
Now we got to talk. Over. Which do we allow to take us? This is everybody's fight. That's right. Is it my fight daily? Oh, it ain't church as usual. That's right. Get that. I come down here to give you a word. I come down here to preach a word to the living. That's right. I ain't come down here to preach to a dead person. That's right. Because that person done crossed over. That's right. I come down here to preach to you and myself. Because the creature itself, verse 21, also shall be delivered. Talk about hope now. So the creature going to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's the word. That's our hope. That's the earnest expectations of the creature. Verse 22 says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Now, this gets deep here. I'm going to throw a little kingdom knowledge at you. See, see if I got the kingdom dwellers up in here. See what I got up in here. Now, in verse 22 through verse 26, Paul speaks about a threefold groaning. First, he speaks about the groaning of creation. Did not he say in verse 22 that the whole creation groaned and travailed? But in verse 23, he talks about the believer groaning. But we are said, you know, if you read there, we'll get to that in a minute. And then on down in verse 26, he speaks about the groanings of the Holy Spirit. All right, all That's right. a threefold groan right, that's right. taking place here, right? All right. Uh, according to this word here. Mm-hmm. Now, the creation, whether it's animate or inanimate, has been subjected to suffering and physical catastrophe because of human sin. Let me give you some understanding on this. Luke 19, verse 40. Jesus is coming through. And they're praising Jesus. He's going into Jerusalem, the triumphal end. And the Pharisees and religious folk, you know them church folk that always want to judge everything. They want the people to stop praising Jesus. So say they tell Jesus, look here, stop these people from praising you. And Jesus retorted and said, look here, if I stop these people from praising me, immediately the stones are going to cry out. Well, what Jesus was trying to tell us that when we stop praising God, that the thoughts, that word stone there represents the thoughts of nature are going to start crying out. So now we got earthquakes 
floods, yeah. famine. Yeah. We got all kinds of things that's coming upon the face of the earth because of the sins of man. Because the earth is alive. It's got a spirit in it. Anything that's moving is alive. Yeah. It grows the earth. It grows the green things. Yeah. It grows all kinds of things grow out of the earth. Dead can't claim for nothing alive. Oh, now, if it's alive, it's feeling what that is that's walking on top of it. Go down here in Pew Lane. You see, because you need to understand, people, what we're talking about up in here. You see, see, we full of sin. That's right. That's right. We got all this filth in us. That's right. That's right. And the earth is retaliating. My Lord. And that's why. Because you see, man don't want to praise God no more. That's see, because right. you go to church on these praise God. It's not how you bring your mouth. It's not how you speak in tongues. It's about how you walk in God. That's what you mean, man. He just hit me first. So now what we got is the earth, volcanoes, and everything else. Look at Nashville. A millennial rain has hit. Right. Rain hadn't been there in 500 years like that. And I know a thousand years is a millennial, but they call it a millennial rain because it's so devastating. Yes. And back during the first of the year, I told my congregation, I said, look, something's going to hit. Mm. It wasn't two weeks later, Haiti had lost over 300,000 thousand people from earthquake. And then it's been rolling ever since then. Yes, 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 and yes. And we ain't got to the second half That's of these right. So you remember, right. 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 And open your eyes. Right. Mm. Have your way. Mm. Yes, Lord. Mm. So the Word of God says that the creature is going to be delivered from this bondage. Mm. But the Bible goes on and it tells us that God has purposed that nature itself will be redeemed and recreated. Didn't you just read a new heaven and a new earth? That's right. <laughs> a restoration of all things according not to the will of man, but to the will of God. That's right. That's right. Now look at verse 23. Oh, this is the second groaning. The first one is creation. The next one is man. And not only they, but ourselves also. In other words, not only creation groaning and travailing, but we're groaning and travailing too. Yeah, right. Which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. That's right. Waiting for what? For the adoption to wit, the redemption of Oh, about anybody that wanted to die and death just ran from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one in the house. Liar, liar. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't the only one and she ain't the only one in here. Right. See, that's why the church can't right. get nowhere. See, right. the church ain't got no proof in them. See, 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 that's why the church can't get nowhere. Because the 
have gone in and hurt your bad in his own. Tears have been wiped away. She ain't got to suffer no more. She don't went where we got to go. And we sitting up in there like we got it all. I can almost spot a bird that tells something. Because I'm sick and tired of church. Self-righteousness. See, self-righteousness won't let us see ourselves as we are. But we can see everybody else. That's what self-righteousness is. The righteousness of God will allow you to see a person in pain yeah. and help people up. Right. But that self-righteousness will make you, well, you know, I know they wasn't going to be right there. Right. The Word of God said, we ourselves grown, although believers possess the Spirit and His blessings, they still groan inwardly, according to this Bible. Design the full redemption. This groaning is for two reasons. Believers living in a sinful world that grieves them. That's one thing that groans them. <laughs> Still experience imperfections, pains, and sorrow. Is it not written in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and right. come short of the glory right. of God? Right. So I can't right. look at you because right. you're a preacher. That's right. You can't look at me because I'm a preacher. Uh-huh. And I can't look at him, and he can't look at me, and you, and you, you know what I'm saying? That's we right. can't do it, because That's if right. we do, we're in violation of God's law. Right. Right. So if we ain't got something good to say, we need to shut up. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> now the groaning expresses the deep sorrow felt. At these circumstances, believers groan and travail in the birthing of God. Believers groan in the travail for the birthing of God's life and kingdom and fullness in the world and for complete redemption. My time shall. Believers groan for the glory to be revealed, for the privileges of their full rights as children. I didn't come down here to play. I come down here to take care of business. I'm on a mission from God. That's right. For myself and for you. I'm trying to get somebody's soul saved. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We come down here to play around. Verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen, we know that it's not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he get hope for? But the thing that we wait for and hope, we wait patiently for. Now let's go to the third thing that groans. We know creation groans. We know we ourselves groan inwardly. But there's a third thing that groans according to the word. Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. Mm -hmm. 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. See, we don't even know what to pray for. That's right. That's right. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. With what? Groanings. Remember? That's that third fold groaning, which cannot be uttered. Concerning the Holy Spirit, activity in helping the believer in prayer, three observations here are important. First of all, the child of God has two divine natures. Y'all hear this? Because this is going to help a lot of us. First of all, Christ intercedes for the believer in heaven because he's sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. That's the side that you receive from God and God receives from us. That's why he's on the right side. If you're on the left side, you're going to receive judgment. So God put him on the right side where grace is. All right. Not judgment. If you ever wondered about that. Second thing is this, is that he's an intercessor for us in heaven. And the Holy Spirit intercedes within the believer here on earth. He's got... See, the believer got two divine natures. He's got one in him called the Holy Spirit. Didn't right. he say, I'll send you the comforter? That's right. That's right. Now, the comforter speaks the language of the Christ. And the Christ speaks the language of the Father. See, they all speak the same language. See, we don't know what to pray for. But God has put something in us that knows how to pray. So, it prays to Christ. And Christ prays to the Father. So what they doing before they send it to the Father, they work it out. That's right. Come on. That's right. And put it the way it's supposed to be. So that when the prayer goes through to the Father, it's done by way of the anointing of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that's inside of you. So we've got two divine natures that's helping us in this thing. The Holy Ghost that's inside of you, those that believe in the Holy Ghost. That's right. And the Christ who's up top. That's yeah. right. To receive what's coming. See, it's a linkage. That's right. That's right. That's our link to the kingdom, which is inside of us. That's right. That's our link to God. That's how we link up. So what it does is it teaches us. It prays for us when we don't know how to pray for our sake. Because the Bible says we don't even know what to pray for. We pray for new cars, more money, new job. Holy Ghost say, I don't need you. I'm going to rearrange this thing and then I'm going to give it to Christ and going to tell him what you need. And they're going to negotiate this thing and then he's going to hand it over to the Father. And the Father going to give you what you need in accordance to his will and not in accordance to your That's right. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Spirit Himself sighs, groans, and travails within us long for the day of the final redemption. The last verse here is that verse 27, and he that searches. Mm-hmm. 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 And he that searches the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. God searches the heart. He knows yes, the mind of the Spirit. Yes, 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 yes. The Holy Ghost knows because He's the one making intercessions for the saints in accordance to what? The will of God. Yes. It keeps expressing the fact that it's doing it by way of the 
The will of God. Amen. Haven't heard God speaking to us in His Word. Let us now take our sorrow before Him. This service here has now concluded. But I'm going to sing one more short song before we go to interment. Because it's got down here to sing a song. And I understand protocol. That's right, go ahead. Take your time. Praise the Lord. I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some dreary days. And love some sleepless nights. But when I look around and I think things over, I got to say this, church, that all of my good days outweigh my bad days. You know, church, sometimes. My clouds seem so low. I can hardly see the road. So I ask this question. Lord, why so much pain? But he knows what's best for me. In my weary eyes, they can see that all of my good days, they outweigh my bad days. And I, I won't complain. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all give God a hand clap. It's now, uh, the service is now concluded and we will repair to the cemetery where the interment will take place. Uh, and, and, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works shall follow them. Amen? Amen.